Ever been distracted? Who's ever been distracted? Yeah, of course. Um, we had a holiday um, between Christmas and New Year, spent a week at the beach. It was very lovely with um, our family, with my family. Um, and um, as soon as I came back, we, I just I've hit the ground absolutely running. Matter of fact, I had to take a couple of days to catch up. Um, and you know when you come home, and um, I don't know, you might know, but this is how it works for me. I come home, and as I'm coming home, I'm thinking about what's going to happen when I get home. And possibly, I don't know, you might have to check with my wife, possibly I might withdraw a little bit because my mind's already working about you know, my, my job or what's going to happen at home. And you drive in the driveway and the grass is like a jungle and um, the mower broke before you left and so you had to get your nephew to take it to the shop and then they rang and said it's going to cost you an exorbitant amount of money. So you're thinking about that and saying, well, to the guy, how can we make it less? There's lots of things going on in your mind, you know, and you've got a full week booked in with um, um, teaching people how to drive and that can be stressful some days, only some days. Um, so, needless to say, I was a little bit distracted, so I'm, I'm into work and I'm, and I'm thinking all the time about um, today and, you know, processing thoughts and thinking about what I'm going to talk about and I, I, I quite enjoy that, going through the process and thinking about stuff that's, that I want to say. Um, and then, um, so yesterday I got some time and I sat down and started to pull it all together and then again this morning, just to, to finish it off, and... Um, I, felt, I was feeling pretty good about it, about today, and that was, it was cool. And I thought I had it worked out. Anyway, then my brother's coming down this afternoon, so I just texted him and said, hey, bro, what time are you going to be here? And then the phone rang, and, and it was him. And um, he said, oh, I've just had to take Dad up to the emergency department. So that's a little bit of a distra- distraction. Even though my dad's 88, he took a bit of a turn this morning and ended up in the emergency department in, uh, in Rockhampton. So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit distracted by that, worried about him and thinking about mm, what's going on and all that sort of stuff. And then driving up this morning, and then we were out praying. And just as we were praying, and then as um, we started to sing and worship this morning, I just felt God say to me, just ever so quietly and gently, he said, Colin, because <laughs> I can't, probably he's probably been saying this for the last four days, but I haven't been hearing. He said, Colin, he said, it's not about what you're doing, it's actually about what I'm doing. So it's okay. So it's okay. So you go and have a great week and I'll see you next Sunday. <laughs> um, it is a new year and we are, well, sometime this year, you know, We'll all be a year older, which I'm really excited about. Um, but we, we're, we're always thinking. When it's a new year, we're thinking about what's going on and what things maybe we might want to change, make different, how it's going to work. And I know Mato talked a lot about this like last week and it was really great. But I'd like to just share some simple thoughts about um, our values. If you value something, that means it's, it has worth, it has merit and it's important to you. If something is valuable, it's considerably important or it's worth. 
what we consider, what we value, we consider the most important things in our life. Things that we can't do without. We really want them as part of our life. And whether we believe it or not, we actually live out of what we value. Out of what we value, that's, what we, that's how our life goes. Right? So if you, um, if you uh, value chocolate, then you'll have a lot of chocolate in your life because it's very valuable to you. You like it and you enjoy it. Um, if, you, if you value um, your career or your job, you will put a lot of time into that because that's what you value. So some things that we might value, and I always like to think, what is the first thing that I think about when I wake up? What's the first thing that crosses my mind when I wake up? Then that is something that I usually that I place a lot of value on. Because why is that? Because I'm thinking about it all the time. So if I um, wake up in the morning and I'm thinking about my finances, which often happens, then I'm actually placing a lot of value on them because I want it to be okay. Um, so that's the first thing we think about. When, what do we spend other time thinking about and doing? Well, these are some things that might help us think about that. Our work, our career, our material possessions, our money, how we're going to make it and how we're going to spend it, sport, our bodies, how we're going to get this looking, Woo! which I don't even worry about now because I'm over 50. Um, and, and another thing we think of a lot is... Um, you know, people's opinion of us, what, what people might think about us, uh, what they might say about us. So those are just some of the things that we spend our time thinking about and doing. And if, we, if we're thinking about and doing these things, then that's what, we, that's what we value. So what about if we, what about if we took some time, Sue and I took some time and we thought about what are a few of the things that we want to make our core values, things that we want to run all of our life through. So things that, that are important to us. And I only want to talk about one of those today because um, I don't want you to know too much about us, but just enough. So what about if we choose our core values and then we set about building our life around them? Instead of just letting our life go to whatever or letting our, letting our lives value something that's not really, that we don't want to spend all our time thinking about and doing, but we just do because we get caught up in the, the whole run of life and um, it just becomes overwhelming. So if you've got a Bible or whatever mechanism of technology you want to use, um, Matthew 22 is the scripture we're wanting this morning. Now this is um, it's very common, so it's not something new. Um, verse 34, and we'll read through to verse 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with questions, or with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets 
hang on these two commandments. Isn't it interesting that every time Jesus was asked a question, he always answered it? I find that amazing. Every time he was asked a question, he always answered So in this scripture, Jesus gave probably the highest value that we could possibly have, and that is relationship. Because that was at the heart of, his, of who he was. That was his core value. He valued relationship. Because he spent all of his time about it. He was either spending time with his Father in heaven or he was spending time with his disciples or he was about spending time with other people. Going to someone's place, eating all the time. He was about, he really valued relationship. So one of the things that Sue and I have talked a lot about is valuing relationship. What do we do? What do we put into it? How does that work? And how do we make our lives about that? Family, friends, people in general. How do we make our lives about that? I believe that our greatest need, your greatest need, my greatest need, is to, have, is to be in a healthy relationship with God and a healthy relationship with people. If we don't have these, if our relationship with God is not healthy and we don't have a healthy relationship with people, then our life lack, it lacks balance. It's not balanced out. If we spend too much time by ourselves or we have an intermittent connection with God, then our life lacks balance. I, would, no, I only know this because of my own existence, my own life. At times when it's like that, then I've, I've lacked some serious balance in my life. And at times when those parts of my life are connected, then my life is so much more balanced and I feel so much more at peace in whatever I'm doing. So I just want to spend a little bit of time this morning, not long, and we just want to talk about our relationship with God and our relationship with others. So let's get in. Five points on each. Relationship with God. If we value having a relationship and connection with God, first thing, it needs to have some of our time. If we don't give time to our connection with God, do we have one? No, we don't. No, we don't. We don't have one. So it's important. See, like I, talk, I talked about, I said, I asked that question, are you distracted? For that very reason. Because when we're distracted, when we're wanting to have connection with God and we allow ourselves to be distracted by life that's going around, what, what thing always suffers? Our connection with God suffers. So we need to make time and don't allow ourselves to be distracted. So make time. I don't mean we have to be um, regimented and religious about our time, but our, our connection with God needs our time. My connection with God needs my time. If the only time that my connection gets is here on Sunday at church, then it's seriously lacking. It's seriously lacking. We, we need time. Our connection with God needs our time. Sometimes we just need to take a moment. You know when you're in your day and you're busy going about your stuff, sometimes we just need to take a moment. Sometimes we just need to sit and go, God, I just want to take a moment to connect with you about whatever particular thing we want to connect with him about. 
See, when my brother rang this morning, um, I, could, I could have done two of, one of two things. I could have stopped what I'm doing and just sat and spent some time talking to Father about that and said, told him how I felt about that, told him that I was worried, that I didn't know what to do, rah, 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 rah. But, but instead, I chose the option about trying to work it out myself and think about it and what are we going to do and how's this going to work and oh, I'm not there and should I go up and see him and oh, I was, you know, it just gives you a headache thinking about it. Instead of just taking some time. And my wife says, are you all right? And I say, yeah, I'm okay. And I was okay, but I was trying to process all, all that information myself instead of taking it to Father and going, Father, I just really need your help. So sometime we just need to take some time. We need to take a moment and sit and say, Father, I'm just not coping with this part of my life. This has happened, I'm just not coping with that. Now, it might have nothing to do with family, it might have something to do with whatever else you are doing, but sometimes we just need to take a little moment, a little moment with our dad. Number two, communicate. Pete was telling me about this great book he's reading about prayer. I, I must read it. Communicate. So when we come to God, when we have our time, when we come to God, we, we shouldn't come. <laughs> we do, but we shouldn't come with a to-do list. This is a list. So we spend time with God. We go, I want, I want you to do this, I want you to do this, 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 and you better help with this and this and this and this. We have a bit of, you know, you ever find yourself doing that? We've got a bit of a list and we... And we're busy, we're busy. So we come to him, we rattle through that and say, thank you, I'll see you later. And probably don't talk to him until maybe the next day or whenever. So not. There's one question I believe that we should always be asking God. One question. And that is, Father, reveal to me more of your love today. Because we don't know all of God's love a matter of fact, if we did know, we couldn't, we couldn't cope with it anyway. So one qu- I believe every day we should come to him and say, God, Father, show me, reveal to me more of your love. Because I'll tell you what, this is what his love does. His love is what changes us. His love is what delivers us. His love is what grows us. It shapes us. It shapes our character. It softens us. It releases us from bondage and pain. It gives us purpose. And it leads us to eternity. Who wants to go to eternity? Me. I don't want to be left here. So Father, I want to know more about your love. I want to know your love. I want it to penetrate who I am. I want it to penetrate every part of my life. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed, not my will but yours be done, he knew. He knew deep down that God's love would change the path of life. And and it did. And it will change our lives every day. As we allow more of it in, and then it does more. It grows us more. It changes who we are. Makes us more like him. Communicate. Communicate with him. Number three, read. This book, it is amazingly relationally connected to him. 
It's not just a book that was written by some bloke. It's, it's him. It's the word. It's him. It's full of his life, his character, his goodness, his grace, his love. The book is relationally connected to him. We need to read it not to gain knowledge but to gain revelation. It's not full of knowledge but it's full of revelation. It's full of life-changing revelation. Read it so it changes your life. Not so you can tell others how to change theirs. Read it so it changes your life. Read it knowing that it connects you to him, the very source of life. So don't read it like it's a book. Read it like it's medicine. Read it like it's the medicine that's going to heal your disease. Number four, meditate. The words that are in this book are the words of the living and the loving God and they are worth us thinking about them. I know one thing that's helped me a lot from time to time is when I'm meditating on scripture, it's just to write, write about what God's saying. Because as I write, revelation grows. So you write about something, but then you find yourself writing about something else because God's actually speaking to you and things come out as we're writing. So we dialogue back and forth with God. We talk, he talks. Meditate. Think about what he's saying. Because who's read a scripture one day and then read it another day three months later and it means a totally different thing? It says something totally different because it's revelatory. It speaks to us. Number five, listen. God wants to talk to you. Why? Why would God want to talk to me? Because he loves me. Isn't that good? Because he loves me. No other reason. Just because he loves me. Why would he want to talk to you? Because he loves you. He loves you so much he died for you. God wants to talk because he loves us and he thinks that we are amazing. Thinks that you're amazing. I want to share with you a little story. When I was um, 21, it's really hard to remember back that far, but I can. When I was 21, I went to a Bible college in Canada. One of the, probably um, only one of them, but one of the most life-changing experiences I have experienced. Um, And um, I was young, um, I was idealistic, um, I was very impressionable and I wanted to please. I wanted to please. I wanted to please people. So we were in, it's a six, it was six months, um, live in. Um, we were there and um, probably about halfway through, um, the dean of the Bible college came in and he started talking about like the future of the college and how it was all working. And, and he really laid out a challenge for us that this was only a short time and... Um, Maybe there was more things in our life that God wanted to process and do. So he really, he challenged us to think about staying on and doing a second term. Um, and it was, a, it was a huge step for me to go because I had 
I had always lived at home, um, always had security of, of a job and my parents around me, always had the security of a, um, a church and a great group of friends. Um, so I, was, I had my life pretty well. I managed it really well. I managed it really well as a young person. Um, and so it was a big step. And I, there was no, I had no real um, godly clarity about going. I just, <laughs> I just did it because I knew people would approve of it. And they, I knew they'd go, yeah, that's a great... And they did. They said, that's a great idea, Colin. You should go. God wants you to go. And um, so I did. So I, I, was, re- I was really struggling with, um, should, I, should I stay on? You know, and, and of course... I wanted to go home, but, but God had really done some things in my life and I was really willing to, to, to stay and um, to do what I needed to do. I'm, and I'm, I'm getting about listening to God. So in um, Mark chapter 5, um, and we were also really encouraged to, have, have, to make time to have a great connection with God and it was in an enclosed environment and there was no distraction um, so it was really easy to take time and to have good time with God. And, and um, God just spoke to me. Oh, it was amazing because there was nothing else to focus on. It was just amazing. And um, so I was, re- I, was, I was communicating to God about should I or shouldn't I and it was weighing on my mind. I was wondering what to do and, um, and I was just reading uh, one morning and... Um, Mark chapter 5, verse 19, and it said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. It just blew me away. I just, wow. You know, when you, you're, <laughs> you're praying for something or you're believing for something, and somewhere deep inside there's a little thing that says, Oh, God really, you know, he's bigger than that. He's not really worried about my worry or my concern. So, you know, eventually, a lot of times eventually you make up your mind what God's actually saying to you. You go, oh, yeah, that's what he's saying. That's what I'll do. But I just didn't. I just said, oh, I'm not going to make a decision on this until I feel like I know in here, not here, here. And it just was, it was like God was sitting beside me and just said, you need to go home, Colin. And it just put me so much at ease. And then I was just able to say, if people asked, what are you doing, Colin? I was just able to say, no, I'm, gonna, I'm going home. And there was, no, there was nothing inside me that, that was unsure. So what I'm saying is if, that if we listen, God speaks. God does speak. God, wa- God wants to talk to us. God wants to communicate with us. Now, he can do that in whatever way he wants because in Scripture, God spoke through a donkey. If he can talk through a donkey, then he can talk to me through however he might want to. If he might talk to you um, out of his word, he might talk to you through a friend or someone that you've never met before or from a TV program, um, you know, whatever, because he can talk. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we listening? And we won't be listening if we're not making time. We won't be listening if we're not communicating with him. We won't be listening if we're not reading 
if we're not searching for revelation and asking God to reveal himself for us, asking God to show us how much he loves us and, and be consumed by him, we won't, we won't hear him. We won't hear him. You know when you're consumed by something? If I'm at home and I'm, my mind is in a total another place and I'm walking down the hall and Susan says, Colin, have you thought about such and such? I don't even hear her. I won't tell you what happens next. No, 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 it's not true. Listen. But we won't be listening if we're not connected. I won't listen. See, I, 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 most times I hear her because I'm, I'm connected to her. I'm connected to her. If we're connected to God, we'll hear him. And he, and he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to us. He wants to be involved in my life. He really does. Relationship with God. Number two, relationship with people. First one. First thing you need to do in relationship with people is just have a think. Think for a minute. Am I a self-centered person? Everybody put your hand up. No, just joking. Am I a self-centered person or am I other-centered? Do I think about myself more or do I think about how life might affect others more? Good question. The choice is ours. Now, we live in an incredibly, incredibly self-centered society. Everybody is just thinking about themselves. Everybody. We're all about our own purpose. So we have to think, am I a self-centered person or other-centered person? And if we're really connected to our God, then we automatically just become other-centered because that's what he's about. He's about thinking about us. He's not thinking about himself, he's thinking about us. So that's number one. Number two is the same. We need to make time. Relationship with people doesn't just happen. It's our job to make that happen. Relationship with my family doesn't just happen. Relationship with my daughters doesn't just happen unless I actually make time for that. Sometimes I think if only they would do what I say, then relationship would be great. Why don't you do that? Just kidding. (laughs) Make time. Who do we need to make time for? Well, we need to make time for relationships that we have a responsibility to. Who who am I responsible to? I'm responsible to Susan, responsible to my children. Those are relationships that I'm responsible to. I've entered into those. I have a responsibility in them. And then who do we want to make time for? Who do you want to make time for in your life? What relationships do you want to have? We've got those ones that we are responsible to and we are responsible to, make, to, to help make them work, to help make them function and make, and make them function well. And we need to learn about those relationships and enter into growth um, times with those relationships. Learn about what it is to be a good husband. Learn about what it is to be a good dad. doesn't just happen. I just didn't... <laughs> You know, my, daughter, my, my eldest daughter wasn't just born and automatically I was a great father. I was, wasn't I, Emma? <laughs> all of a sudden I was a great dad. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't a great dad at all. You know, your first child is always your guinea pig. You always try things out on your first child to see if they'll actually work. I always, want them, I always wanted Emma to be perfect. You know, I tried to box her up and whoo, she's going to be the great and everyone's going to love her because she's my daughter and she's going to be great. Well... Strangely enough, she wasn't perfect. She is great. 
and I love her dearly, but she wasn't, she never, and I did more damage than good trying to make her like that, you know? So who do we want to make time for? Who do we want to be involved in our lives? Who do, whose lives do we want to be involved in? And that leads into the next one. Choose. Choose people I want to connect with. Who I want in my life. Well, I'll tell you who I want in my life and I want people that I can journey with. People that think some of the same things as me so that we can journey together, so that we can grow together. People I can journey with. People that will speak the truth in love. Sometimes the truth in love is not that easy to receive, but they, I want that sort of person in my life, someone that will speak to me. When, I'm going, when, I, when, the, when the paths, when the narrow paths here but, and, and the wide paths, when I drift off to the, onto the wide path and I'm thinking about only me, you know, I would like someone to go, hey, Colin, what are you doing? You're being an idiot. No, I'm not. Maybe I am. Someone with whom I can let my guard down and tell how it really is. Someone with whom I can let my guard down and tell them how life really is. I find that extremely difficult because I'm a bloke. Australian blokes don't do that. We don't let our guard down because that would make us vulnerable and then someone could shoot us down and often happens. But I want people in my life where I can tell, I can go to them and say, this is how my life is. This is how it is. I want people that are safe. Safe people. I want people that my relationship with them is not dependent totally upon what I do because sometimes I'm going to do the wrong thing. And I want to be able to go to a safe person and say, I've made a mistake. And they go, what? You've made a mistake? That's it. You're out. I want someone to go, it's okay, but it's not okay. It's okay because I still love you, but what you've done is not okay. What can we do about that together? I want people that I can have fun with. Two of our greatest friends, we've been friends for 25 years. 25 years um, and um, we have just had some of the best times together we've just had some of the greatest times together been on holidays together we've been to events together and we just laugh about the smallest and the silliest things but, and we remember them for a lifetime we play cards together we just do life together we have fun you know it's really great it's really great I want people that I can chill with, relax with. And this is a great one. I want people that even though they know that I'm a little bit annoying sometimes, they're okay with that. Are you a little bit annoying sometimes? Looking at this front row here. Are you a little bit... I want people that, even though they know I'm a little bit annoying sometimes, there's some things that I do that just annoy them a little bit, just a little bit, but they're okay with that because it's just about me. It's just me. 
Oh, that's just Colin. I love him. I want people that I can laugh with because laughter brings us together. And lastly, I want people that around me that I can trust. That I can trust. So we get to choose. Two parts. We get to choose the people that we want in our lives. But we get to choose the person that we want to be to others. We get to choose the type of person that we want to be to others. Are you the type of person that other people can connect with? Or have you got a wall between you and them? Are you the type of person that someone could journey with? Do you speak the truth in love? Are you the type of person that someone can come to you and totally let their guard down and you're going to be okay with that? They could totally tell you how their life is. They could tell you their, their deepest secrets and you're okay with that. Are you that type of person? Me and I, <coughs> I wasn't. People's secrets used to frighten me to death. It's because I had some of my own <laughs> that I hadn't told anybody. Are you a safe person? Are you someone that loves to have fun? Do you like to have fun? Would you like to have fun with someone else? Would you like to have fun doing what they love to do? Are you able to chill? <laughs> do you let people's annoying habits get the better of you? Well, but are you okay with that? Are you someone that can laugh with others? And most, lastly, are you someone that can be trusted? That other people would trust. So we can choose, we can choose the people that we want in our lives but we can also choose the people that we want to be to others. That we want to be to others. Number four, communicate. More than just general. Who finds it easy just to generally communicate? I do. Who finds it difficult just to be vulnerable? I do. No one likes being vulnerable. But it's easy to just generally talk. I work with a bunch of blokes um, that find it really easy to generally talk. And we do. We come to church and we generally talk with each other. I talked to Wes Hiskey this morning about, we talked about how overwhelming his yard is. It's general talk. And I understand just how we felt. Communicate. Be vulnerable from the heart. Do we know about each other? Do we know each other? Number five, listen. The art of inquiry. To tell or to listen. Do we t are we a teller or do we listen? Do we listen means what? If you listen to someone, what do you have to do? Stop talking. When you listen to someone, you stop talking. Are we generally interested in people? I just want to tell you one more story. Okay, it's about my youngest daughter because she's not here so I can pick on her and it'll be very quick. Sarah, my youngest daughter, she's an, an excellent communicator. She communicates way more than she ever listens. Well, she did. She's a lot better now. When she was going to school, it was really great because I only had to know two questions, two things to ask. It's really simple. When I picked her up, I'd say, Sarah, how was your day? Whoosh! She would just go into a 
an absolute rampage. She'd be talking, 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 talking. And then if there was a pause, I'd only have to say that, then I'd ask the second question. What happened then? Whoosh! Half an hour we'd be home and it'd be over. And Sue would say, did you talk to Sarah? I said, yeah. <laughs> how is she? I could tell how she was because she told me. But it's just a bit of a funny gag. But we need to be interested in people. Last thing, I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 13. We value what people think of us, but do we value their connection? John 13, just read this and call it a day, a morning. John 13, verse 35, or is it 34 and 35? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's what he wants. If we love one another in the true sense of the word, if we have healthy relationship with God and with others and we are loving, then by that, all men are going to know that we are his disciples. Do all men know that I'm a disciple of Christ? Not really. God bless you. Have a great day.